All right, it's episode number 21. We are now legal in the United States. I'm Scott Mitchell. Welcome to Somewhat Planned Substance. Thank you so much for listening in this week. I appreciate it. Hey, coming up on the show today, uh, kind of a wide range of topics. A lot, of course, talking about Halloween that we just had. And we also did the time change in the same weekend, which I don't think it was accomplishing what people were hoping for. We'll chat about that coming up on the show here today. Also... Uh, we are going to have, there's some kind of fun stories, actually. Uh, one of them coming out of the UK involving Burger King, so we'll have that coming up in just a little bit. And we're going to check in with the music meeting with my buddy Tim Gavin of The Tim Gavin Show. So all that and more is coming up here today on Somewhat Bland Substance. First, though, last week, one of the big topics that uh, we talked about on the podcast was the nurse walkout, the healthcare walkout last week. Uh, In case you missed it last Monday, this seems like it was forever ago, like, I don't know, eight, 10 years ago, where healthcare staff that were fed up with how the province was kind of handling the job cut situation and they were looking at cutting 11,000 jobs a lot through attrition, they say, but, um, and, and a lot in terms of laundry services and stuff like that. They kind of just got fed up and it started as a wildcat strike kind of got spurred in Edmonton and just kind of filtered out from there and there were about 30 sites or something like that that had been affected by this walkout and they had to get managers and other staff to cover for the people who were taking part in the wildcat strikes and Alberta Health Services actually told their staff like hey if you participate in this there will be disciplinary action. So, um, kind of a, a messed up situation all around. So, um, they ended up getting back to work the next day. The uh, pro- province had actually gone to the Labor Relations Board and asked them to get back to work orders put in place. So, they met and they had an emergency meeting and decided like, yeah, that needed to end. It was an illegal strike. And the AUP, they played fair game and they were like, okay, you know what? We'll put everybody back on the job starting tomorrow. And it happened. No further walkouts or stuff like that. But there's going to be a continual, I think, resurgence of that type of idea that the strikes need to happen over the course of the next few weeks. I definitely think you'll be able to see that a little bit more, especially when it comes to bargaining and stuff like that. Um, The province might not want to bargain and neither side might get along with each other. And we might see some more strikes this time, legal ones, but it's uh, kind of a scary situation that we are in the middle of the uh, global pandemic with COVID and we are possibly seeing staff walking out from our hospitals and stuff like that. This is not the time to be picking this battle on either side. And I'm not just saying it's the province's fault and I get where the side of on the nurses side, they're frustrated and the union side is frustrated with how things have been handled to this point. But I... I don't know if walking out in the global pandemic is going to be a good thing for our healthcare system, especially when you see the case counts for COVID continuing to rise straight across the country, straight across the world. 
I know Britain is kind of being wishy-washy as to whether or not they are going to be going under lockdown here on Thursday. Boris Johnson is changing his mind every day. He changes his mind quicker than Alberta can change the weather. But here in Canada, we're starting to see the resurgence of cases here again. And I know I kind of touched on this a little bit last week, but back on Friday, we set a record of 622 new cases in a single day. They're not actually updating here today, being Monday that we're recording the show uh, due to maintenance at their data center for the website that they use for the COVID updates. So they're just wanting to make sure everything is tried and true, that the numbers are accurate before they go releasing the information, which I could totally see because there are people out there who are calling this thing still a hoax and they're saying the media is all to blame for this and um, the doctors don't know what they're talking about. And then they're like, well, why aren't you giving out the details today? Because we're updating things to make sure uh, jackasses like you don't go back on us. That would be what I would say to them, just maybe in a little bit more professional terms, if you will. (laughs) But nonetheless, yes, 622 new cases in the province of Alberta back on Friday. And that's a lot for a single day, considering back in the spring when we were going through the first wave, I believe the largest was maybe 300 and some. And now we're seeing double that in a single day. I don't know, again, what the case count was over the weekend we'll find out more about that tomorrow but you knew i mean just looking at the sites and if you look at the maps you can actually see the spiral out from the big cities edmonton and calgary of course have been red with numerous cases in each area for a long time in edmonton itself there's almost 2,000 active cases uh, 1890 is what they're saying in the city itself uh, not just the edmonton zone in the city uh, and 1763 in the city of calgary um, and then you can see the spiral out from there like you can see the darker zones still in um like Rocky View County and the city of Airdrie, Foothills County, uh, MD of Willow Creek, Lethbridge, Lethbridge County, um, things like that. And same thing with Edmonton. You can see the spiral out and it's even hitting the Lakeland area. So mostly Smoky Lake County, St. Paul County, uh, the MD of Bonneville, the city of Cold Lake. Those are the areas that are currently in the darker zone on the map. Other areas do have a couple of cases up to 10 and they're a little bit lighter but you can see right around the city you know Westlaw County Sturgeon County uh St. Albert stuff like that it's all darker and so you can see that you know people aren't necessarily abiding by the you know the restrictions if you will they're not restrictions so much anymore but suggestions to still kind of stay where you are if you can And I think this is going to continually be a problem unless people kind of go back into that mindset again. And that's what I'm saying is all these communities, they have fantastic local places that you could shop at. Why do you have to go to West Edmonton Mall or Cross Iron Mills? Just shop at the places that we could try to prevent the spread because now people are going out willy-nilly, not giving a crap. And this is what's happening. I don't agree. People are saying, well, maybe we need to enforce 
another shutdown. I don't agree with that. I think there will be a lot of businesses who won't survive another shutdown, considering there were a lot who didn't survive the first one. Could you imagine a second one on top of that? So I am definitely not in agreement with that, but I think something needs to be done. I'm just not sure what that something is. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out, especially because this past weekend was Halloween and people were still having parties. I don't know about you, but my, especially my Snapchat was filled with people having parties. And if it was like a group of, I know, have a handful of people sitting around somebody's garage or whatever, or having a fire or something like that. Okay, fine. I can see that. But there were a couple of instances where I saw not that, where I saw worse than that. And that's where it's going to be interesting in the next few days if you start to see more and more cases come up that have to do with that. I was talking to someone that I work with and they said that they had, you know, their kids had a few people over for a little bit of party in the garage. Okay, fine. That's fine. That's not a problem, just as long as everything was done correctly, and I'm sure that it was. So hopefully we don't see many come out of this past weekend. I'm kind of kind of worried, though, because people just didn't really give up their Halloween party tradition for one simple year for a simple reason, even though most people know that this could be serious if it continues to spiral out the way that it has been doing. But on that note, outside of all the Halloween stuff with COVID, Halloween had some good news stories to share as well. The main one would be the, um, I think my favorite one was hearing the stories about more kids out trick-or-treating this year. And I think trick-or-treating was kind of one of those things that was starting to go away because there were... Um, a few years when I was up in Lac La Biche where I didn't really see much in terms of trick-or-treaters out and about. Like, Main Street, yes, was packed where the businesses are and stuff like that, but not really going home-to-home for the most part. But this year, I was hearing from people that they had more than they ever had in the time that they've lived in those places. And for some people, it was, you know, 10 to 15 years that they've been there. So that was great to hear. The kind of the the joy of Halloween came back again this year because they, I guess the kids really haven't had much else to do, right? (laughs) Uh, The other good news story I wanted to share comes out of Atlanta. Um, And this is going to be the last uh, story we have before we get to our music meeting with Tim Gavin. Um, This mom by the name of Courtney Thomas, she shared this on Facebook back on Halloween night and said that they typically get three to 400 kids in their neighborhood for trick-or-treating. And this year was going to be a little bit different for them because they have a child with cancer. So they didn't want to hand out candy because of pre-existing health conditions. So they put up a sign and it said, cool costume, sorry, no candy, child with cancer, have fun, see you next year. Then they looked on their doorbell camera They saw kids had been stopping by, reading the sign. And they went outside and found a pile of candy sitting by it. And Courtney said that she was in tears and stuff like that and said, if anyone thought that there was no hope in our kids and teens, you're wrong. 
And I think that is probably uh, my favorite Halloween story out of this year. For sure. Okay, coming up on the other side of the music meeting. Kind of a fun story coming out of the UK with Burger King. I want to get to that one. Uh, Also, uh, I'm on a little bit of a challenge now that was set out to me by uh, my coworker, Melissa. So we'll we'll have that coming up on the show. We'll see if I can do that. Uh, And a couple other great stories on the way still on Some Upland Substance Podcasts. You know, even though this was supposed to be a shorter music meeting, I ended up finding a lot of music for this one. You ended up finding a lot of, like... Um, left field ads for this one. Yeah, yeah. I figure, you know, it's it's something to help pad up the list a little bit. And yeah, there's just some really interesting stuff that I found too. Let's start with Kino and Behind the Glass. And yeah. as I was listening to this song, like if you toss the lyrics aside and you just have that instrumental backing track... That could easily like be used as, say, the movie end credit roll music for like an Oceans movie. Yeah, and that's what I really like the most about Kino is just like that mix of electronic with like almost movie score classical. Mm-hmm. He's ended, he's someone that I kind of discovered on my own, just like kind of listening around to stuff very early in 2020, and I just really fell in love with his music and he's got a new album coming up very soon and this is like the first song off of it and i really like what i hear on this one yeah it's not bad uh not my typical what i would listen to on a daily basis kind of thing but uh still not bad overall yeah and you know something that i think a lot more people are going to be listening to a little more often justin bieber teaming up with benny blanco on this one and it's lonely and you know I feel like, you know, getting into the into the fame is hard phase of his career. It's kind of running out of ideas. I was going to say it's like, OK, I get the message behind the the lyrics. If you listen to them, it talks about, you know, being judged by people throughout his whole career so far, especially when he was a stupid kid. We all were stupid kids at one point or the another. Yeah. But what's with all the sad boy stuff that he's coming out with lately? I know. Right. Like between I, that and Holy. Like, calm down, JB. Yeah, like, come on. Like, I know you're going through some stuff right now, but, you know, this, this is supposed it's to not be making the, for good songs. This is supposed to be the good time of your life when you're, like, married and stuff like that. So, like, maybe focus on that a little bit more. Yeah, like, I think maybe, like, I, I want him to, whatever issues that he has, I really hope that he, like, gets a chance to work through them. Mm-hmm. But do it privately, man. Yeah, it's going to be better in the long run if you do. I mean, to a certain extent, and this goes um, back to radio as well, is it's okay to make yourself vulnerable. Yeah. In in your public persona and stuff like that. That's part of it. It's part of being real and being truthful with your audience. So, yeah, I kind of see that that's kind of what he's doing here, but it's almost too much. A little bit. Uh, like and I again I say this like I opened up a yeah. lot a few weeks ago, and even then like I feel like I didn't quite open up th- this much. Yeah, there's still parts of uh, what was going on that you kind of kept 
like just to yourself and then like even your core group of friends. Yeah. But I do want to say something nice about this. Benny Blanca's production is really good on this. That's true. And Justin Bieber, his voice is really nice on it. It's just the lyrics themselves that I don't really care for. But other than that, you know, the song's the song's decent enough. He was in a mood, clearly, when he was doing the writing and production of the album. Absolutely. Uh, Icona Pop is back, teaming up with Sophie Tucker for a song called Spa. And really, this is just a match made in heaven. Like... <laughs> I mean, it's I, typical stuff you'd hear from both. <laughs> yeah, and like combining them together, it's just it's a really good combo, and it's really fun to listen to. And I like I was just sitting back, like, when are we gonna hear the dude go? Oh, just in the middle of a <laughs> yeah, of a lyric, there. and you did it, 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 like within the first thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, but Icona Pop definitely hasn't changed that much since. I don't care. Yeah, it, again, it's consistent and it just mixes so well together. I really dig that song. I don't think I'll listen to it too much, but, you know, it's going to be a track that I don't skip. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. See, I don't know if this is going to have very much staying power either. Like, I feel like both of them had their one. Yeah. And that's kind of it. That's all. There is no more. Yeah, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I can see a little bit of potential there, but I don't know if it'll make it too, too high. It'll be top 30 at best. Yeah. And a lot of collaborations. Love and Conan Gray with Fake. Yeah, this is more of an acoustic track we're getting from Love. And like, yes, uh, I Like Me Better was still kind of stripped down and stuff like that and kind of had that acoustic vibe. But this one is like full on acoustic vibe. It is like it feels like it's less bedroom pop and more campfire pop, basically. True. Yeah. Like this is the kind of thing that you just like you whip out a guitar and you just like sing at the top of your lungs while you're drunk with your friends and you're going camping. <laughs> It's going to turn into the next Kumbaya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a bit of country getting thrown into here as well. Uh, Lee Bryce out with a new one called Memory I Don't Miss. And it's funny how every single country artist references Springsteen in the last five years. Right? It's like, <laughs> I know I know the boss has like some pretty far reach, but dang. Also, shout out to the boss. He's out with a new album today, so... Oh, yes, that's right. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to listen to that pretty soon. For sure. I can uh, talk about that in my blog next week. But this one is like, this one from Lee Bryce is more along the same lines as when he did I Don't Dance. It's more ballady than like one of them girls. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking that exact same thing while listening to this. It's like, yeah, this is kind of similar to I Don't Dance. But, you know, I like what I hear. I, I think it could have a little bit of potential on the country charts. It's it's a decent enough song. I like it. It's Lee Bryce. It's a core artist. It's it's going to get played. Like, let's be honest. Yeah. And now we got Lana Del Rey, someone who is very popular, like popular in the sense that everyone knows her, but you don't really hear her on the radio. No, like you get, uh, well, Summertime Sadness was her most palatable on mainstream radio. And then a bunch of alternative stations will play Lana Del Rey at random. I would like personally, and I know Summertime Sadness was more of this vibe. I would like to see a little bit more upbeat stuff from her personally. 
I'm with you there. Like, I like her voice, but there's all from right from the beginning. There's always been something about Lana Del Rey that has just rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not quite sure what it is. I, I don't know. She just feels really fake. Could be, yeah, yeah. It's and it seems like she's almost pushing that out too much. Yeah. Also, I really don't like the title of her next album, Chemtrails Over the Country Club. It sounds both kooky and pretentious. <sighs> Just, <sighs> that's all I have to say about that. Uh, we have a remix of a song that got popular on radio. Um, the Weekend, In Your Eyes, featuring Kenny G. Again, this is another collaboration I didn't know that I wanted until I heard it. But I would never, I, I'm a sucker for Kenny G. I would never think I would hear Kenny G on a weekend song, but here we are, and somehow it works. It works so well. I I like this a little bit more than the original, to be honest. That's fair, probably because it's an actual instrument and not necessarily a synthesizer. Synthesizer's a real instrument. Well, you know what I mean. It, it adds to the 80s vibe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And Kenny G, he just, he kills it on this one. Like you said, you are a sucker for Kenny G. I am. And, you know, Scotty, Scotty McCreary, we got you time now. And Scotty McCreary is one of those artists that you look at his face and then you hear his voice. And... It doesn't quite match up right away. I find you get a lot of that in country. For example, Kane Brown. Oh, yeah. Like, at first, when you look at his face, he looks like he's 12. Mm-hmm. And then you hear his voice, and you're like, is he 45? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that 13 or 30 conundrum. It's hard. But, you know, it. So again, some great singers like Kane Brown, fantastic singer. Scotty McCreary is just killing it on this one. And, 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 you know, the thing is, um, with Scotty McCreary, I know he's one of those artists, again, that's known for a lot of ballads. Yeah. And using his voice on that because the uh, the deepness in his voice works on it. Um, lately, though, like between this one and like in between and whatnot, giving that more of the up tempo, it's actually working out for him that way, too. Yeah, I kind of want to hear more up tempo stuff from him. I hope like I hope the momentum just keeps going upward. Yes. for his music. I, I totally agree. Um, I when I saw this last week when it got sent out, I was like, "Wait a minute, is this a new artist that's also named Jamie Fine, or is it just Jamie Fine on her own?" And it is Jamie Fine on her own. No Elijah Woods on this one. Yeah, did they split up or something? Or? Uh, from what I could tell, is like the, it not completely split up but kind of just like she's this might be her rob thomas phase where she's a really interesting way of putting it (laughs) i like that she's kind of like doing her own thing at the same time on facebook she put um something to the effect of i needed to just kind of take a break and get back to writing the songs i wanted to write um and she kind of like I guess throws herself under the bus for this one uh, in sellout is what it's called. Um, 
And she talks about like she wrote she took a break to write song or break from what she was doing to write songs that she didn't really care about and stuff like that. And the funny thing is, I actually really like this song. Like, I think this is some of her best work yet. You know, here's the thing, though, like as I was listening to this, um, even though like Elijah Woods is the producer of the tracks you can still hear where her creative influence came in. Yeah. On on the duo side of things. Yeah. Like, this is very similar to, like, you, for example. It really is. So, I, I, I don't know what she was really meaning by needing to take a break from writing the so- uh, songs the way she wanted to, because it, I, as far as I could tell, it's the same thing. It is. And you know what? If... If she is producing this on her own, then she is a better producer than Elijah Woods because I find the music is less compressed. Like, it feels like all the tracks have room to breathe. Like, do you get that sound when you hear it? Yeah, I I get what you're saying. Yeah, like, again, everything about this track, it it impresses me. It it does, yeah. Yeah. I I think it has potential to uh, do something on the Canadian side of things here. I think so, too. And next we got uh, something, another another left field pick. Where the hell did you find this one? Oh, Richard Cheese. He's been around forever. Well, like, yeah. If you've never but... heard of Richard Cheese and Lounge Against the Machine, basically he does like lounge and swing versions of popular rock, pop, and rap tracks. And If you've ever wanted to know exactly how Frank Sinatra would sing a song by Cardi B, this is it, basically. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he's been doing this this shtick for about 20 years now, and I've heard some of the other newer lounge covers that he did. He did Thank You Next. He did Old Town Road. Oh, geez. And he did those really well. Like, it's not even just like a, like a comedy thing. Like, he legitimately, like translated those really well into a different genre and in comes WAP. Yeah. And this, it seems lazy to me. That's like, it feels like it's not just like translating the song, trying to do something new with it. It just feels like he did it for the sake of just like having a cover of a very controversial song. Uh, and, And, and yet it's still a very popular song. Yeah. But I mean, and I mean like, the orig- it's a great song, but I feel like it is it's only it can only be really s- be sung by a woman. If a guy tries to sing it, then it just gets weird. I can't wait for TikTok to get their hands on this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Goldfinger is back and it's kind of like um, I don't know. It's kind of like a new vibe of pump uh, punk music going on. Yeah, I I didn't really think I would like it this much. Like I. I was never really the kind of guy who listened to a lot of Goldfinger. Like yeah. I'd listened to a few covers that they did, but I never listened to any of like the stuff that they did on their own. But this really impressed me. Uh, the song's called Wallflower, and yeah, they're jumping right in. There's, um, there's a few uh, groups I think that are starting to bring out this new sound in punk music, and they're jumping right in on it as well. Well, Goldfinger have been around forever, dude. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm and, saying. Yeah. But it's it's I love how optimistic it is. That's what I love the most about about Wallflower. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. And I wish that, you know, there was more optimistic music. Well, and I think 
you are seeing that uh, in 2020 now, just because everybody, every artist realizes like, hey, okay, we're except Justin Bieber. Uh, we're <laughs> <laughs> the world is kind of in a mood right now. We need to get some more optimistic stuff going to get people's spirits up. Yeah. And just you wait, like if if Trump ends up losing the election and especially when, you know, the pandemic is like it's to an extent over, like when it's at the point where it's not like going to cause serious harm and we can all like get back to being around each other. Yeah. Get ready to see like this huge wave of like really happy music again. I think we're even going to start seeing that here soon, like. It's it's got to be coming like all these artists have been stuck at home doing nothing for seven months like the rest of us and guaranteed they've been working on new music. Oh, 100 percent. Like you can't you, just stifle creativity like that. Mark my words after Christmas, because right now everybody's going to focus on getting their Christmas releases out. After Christmas, there's going to be this influx of artists sending out new music. Yeah, I, I I'll I'll call your bet on that. I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, going back to that optimism, we got Lucas Graham with uh, a nice, wholesome new song from them called Share That Love. Yeah, and it still stays true to their style, but is actually a little bit more upbeat. I was going to say, it sounds a lot like a Florida Georgia Line song. I know. No. No? I can't you don't hear it. it. I can't hear it. No. I hear it a little bit. Maybe. I, maybe Dan and Shay. Maybe. <laughs> but still, this is a, it's a really enjoyable song. Seven Years never really did it for me, but I like this one. Oh, this for sure. For sure. It's got a great message behind it. Uh, little Mix is back with a song called Happiness. Yeah, and you know, Little Mix, one of those girl groups that ha- really hasn't done much state or North America side, but I think they're I think they're bigger in Europe. Maybe? Yeah, yes, yes. But oh my goodness, this is a great song, and I really hope that this kind of breaks them out into North America more because like this, it's catchy. It makes me want to dance. I love I like the, the harmonies. Har- here. I was about to say I love the harmonies on it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean. Um... They did have a little bit of success in the past here in North America, but like you said, not a whole lot. Yeah, but, you know, I've, I've got high hopes for this one. I, I do as well. I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah. Another kind of left field pick, Leon Bridges and Lucky Day, All About You. I'm indifferent on this one. Really? Yeah, like I could take it or leave it. I think they have really nice voices. I mean, like, you know, Leon Bridges, he's another artist that I like, but I haven't like really deep dived into yet. But this makes me want to listen to his stuff more. I'll put it this way. If it comes on while I'm listening to or I'm hanging out with somebody and we're listening to their music on their phone or whatever, I'm not going to be like begging to change it. But at the Fair same enough. but at the same time, not going to necessarily be my first pick. Yeah, but, you know. I'll check it out a little bit more. And I got another one here. Another one that, you know, Scott's not going to want to listen to this too much, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, Death Heaven with a re-recording of Deidus. And it's a live version. It's sort of like the the story with this release that they've got coming up is 
this year they were going to go out on the road because it's like their 10-year anniversary of being together as a band. So they were going to make a live album of like a couple songs off of like each of their releases. So like a couple off their demo, a couple off Sunbather and their other two albums. But then COVID happened. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than, you know, waste a year doing nothing, they decided to get into a studio as soon as they can. And instead of recording new music, they just decided to just do like raw real time recording, almost like a live concert. And I think that's that it why really that would out. be why the production sounds so good on it. <laughs> I mean, for this type of music, it works. Well, yeah, totally, totally. I was expecting to hear a different sound, though, when it said that it was a live version. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. But, you know, it's it still works. And um, I think Death Heaven, they're their mix of alternative rock and black metal. It just sounds so good with this kind of production on it. We also have uh, new stuff from Machine Gun Kelly and Halsey called Forget Me Too. And I never really cared for Machine Gun Kelly in general before. Like, he, again, Me either. It, it was kind of like I, not my first choice, right? But the latest stuff he's releasing has been pretty damn good. I know. Like, I... I'll admit, I had some prejudices kind of going into this one. I, I'd heard, like, very mixed reviews. Like, people either love or absolutely hate this new Machine Gun Kelly project. But, you know, after listening to a couple songs, you know, I'm I'm starting to get into it. And the collab with Halsey was a perfect fit. Yeah, H- Halsey sounds fantastic on this. I, I kind of hope that she does some more pop punk stuff. But, you know, this is a sound that I think has been really missing from the musical landscape for a while and you know not even like the pop punk bands from like in the early 2000s are really making this anymore but we still want more of it and machine gun kelly you know good on him for trying something new and having it work oh totally absolutely and like we were saying how uh, halsey sounds good on it halsey sounds pretty much good on anything like she could do almost any genre and it would sound fine huh yeah, I, I mean, Halsey is another artist that it took me a while for me to really, like, get an appreciation for her. But you know what? She's I, yeah. got talent. At she's got talent, and I like what she's putting out there. Uh, first new stuff we've heard from Dirks Bentley in a while called Gone. This just got released yesterday. Uh, I, I kind of, I, I have to laugh. The one part that makes me snicker is the... Um, tongue-in-cheek reference to sadder than a country song (laughs) i heard that this morning when uh, we debuted it on the station and i was like yeah that's that's pretty good i like that yeah and this is a pretty decent song jerk spently he he's someone that i can always count on to make you know pretty decently consistent good quality stuff this is just another one of those High quality songs. It's something that I'd listen to, you know, more than once. I and, like it. And, and not necessarily the bro country stuff. Yeah, like it's like I don't I don't want to say like Garth territory, but you know, like two thousands country, like um stuff that Brad Paisley was doing around like oh four, oh five, stuff like that. I'm uh I, I still will never forget the story I heard about when he was uh performing in Edmonton a few years back and he changed the lyrics to of drunk on a plane to I'm getting drunk in Marwayne. <laughs> <laughs> I 
that will still forever make me laugh. <laughs> like, at least uh, he did his research on that one. <laughs> yeah, like, calling out Mar Wayne. Like, I've been to Mar Wayne a few times, but, like, way to deep dive there, man. I had respect for that. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And, ooh, this one, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this one. New Ariana Grande, Positions. We're supposedly seeing a new album from Ariana Grande sometime this month. But, like, there's a week left. So maybe expect a new album from Ariana Grande to drop on Friday? Yeah, I, I think that could possibly be the case. But holy crap, this song. It's like... This song is horny as hell. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, like, goddamn, Ariana Grande making some, like, m- mad baby-making music right here. Well, we know what's, uh, what's going on in Tim's playlist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good song. You know, like, Ariana Grande, like Halsey, is someone that, you know, I've grown to appreciate her voice and her songs a little more as I've listened to her. And, For sure. you know, this sounds a little different, too. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, I, I didn't mind this at all. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got her with Damage. I actually found that this, like, I listened to Positions and Damage back to back. Same. They see they segue perfectly into each other. There's, on, on this one in particular, there's, like, some late 90s, early 2000s vibes going on. A little bit. Like, I find this very laid back, very intimate, and it's just so good. Like, it, it almost reminds me a little bit of, like, early early into her solo career, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Totally. 100%. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Oh, and the piano at the end of the song, just chef's kiss. Mwah. Perfection. <laughs> oh. Yeah, a little more CanCon here. We got uh, The Beaches with Fascination. Uh, I saw that this is, like, in my my new music queue on YouTube music, even though this song has been out, I guess maybe they're re-releasing it as a single. It's kind of typical Beaches stuff, though. It is, but, you know, it's it's scratching a musical itch for me. It sounds like the a theme song for a TV show. Okay, yeah. I, I, I had written that on here, but I was like, I do not want to make that reference for the second time this music meeting. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, so good. Uh, uh, also, Marshmallow and I'm in back featuring Usher called Too Much. And this does not sound like Marshmallow had any influence on the track at all. I was going to say the same thing. I feel like I'm in back just took the lead on this because I actually like it. <laughs> As Tim has called Marshmallow before, Diet Dead Mouse. <laughs> but even then, it's kind of it's kind of hard to compare the two because really the only thing they have in common is they wear a mask they don't even play the same type of, of electronic music no and exactly dead mouse is good <laughs> oh but you know on this one like it's it brings back the old sound of usher really it does i was gonna say like this is probably the best song that usher has been on in years <laughs> probably yeah I, yeah for sure uh yeah it's 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 not too bad i think it has some hit potential there i think it does too uh same with bring me the horizon with teardrops and you mean lincoln park the second yes i was gonna say that like this it's they're trying too hard to be lincoln park on this one (laughs) 
<laughs> so I uh, I was sitting there and I'm like, this sounds awfully familiar. I'm like, is this Linkin Park the second? And then I scrolled to the comment section and apparently I wasn't the only one. Yeah, but they're really wearing their influence on their sleeves with this one. And Bring Me the Horizon, they're always a band that throughout each phase of their career, I've always been very indifferent towards because back when they were like doing like the heavier stuff, it wasn't quite heavy enough for me. Right. And now that they're like going back into this area, it still doesn't sound great. I will give them this, you know, it's, it's a nice tribute to Linkin Park. It's a decent song, but I, I don't really like it that much. No, not, not really. Um, and then we've got Mastercraft with Alexis. Yeah, I've got some more CanCon. Oh yeah, this is CanCon. This is CanCon because this is a side project of Jesse Keeler from Death from Above 1979. Right. And also uh, their producer, like they just make electronic music. Just casual change of uh, of their ways. <laughs> it is. So much, and what's really interesting about Mastercraft is they did this, I think, last year, too. Death from Above went on tour, and then so did Mastercraft. Okay. And then, like, basically how their sets worked. were, And they were in two different venues, too. So it'd be, you know, Death from Above playing a concert at about, like, 8 o'clock to 9.30. And then Jesse Keeler just, I imagine, probably still bass in hand, jumps <laughs> off the stage... Hits a cab and just like over to this venue right now and step on it. I was uh, picturing like a scene from a movie or um, oh, what would be the better reference? Oh, uh, How I Met Your Mother, where Ted ends up in the wrong classroom and has to run like across town. Oh, I'm sure that's <laughs> happened too. Probably. Yeah, but you know, I guess that's that's kind of something that happens when you have two bands. Yeah. Especially if you're a bass player, because like from what I've heard among like uh, the musicians that I am familiar with and am friends with, yeah. you know, yeah. being a good bass player is a lot like having a truck. As soon as people find out, there go your Saturdays. Oh, well, yeah, I, I can see that being a thing. And like um, example of that would be I remember a few years ago uh, seeing a picture from tour of I think it was Dan Talevsky and I think it's his bass player also does some bass playing for Sean Desmond that wouldn't surprise me because I pretty sure it was the same dude when I introduced Sean Desmond in Bonneville for their Canada Day a few years ago pretty sure it was the same guy oh yeah and kind of continuing around the electronic direction for this, we got uh, Eric Prides with a new one called Nopus. The uh, initial orchestral vibe you get off of it matches the uh, cover art for it, the spacey theme. Yeah, and he's been kind of doing this sound a lot for the past few years. Uh, like, you know, a lot of people, when they think Eric Prides, they're going to think Call On Me. Mm -hmm. But... That's really the only song that he has that sounds like it. Right. Yeah. And actually, a little history lesson for you is that he made Call On Me because another electronic duo would not. And who was that electronic duo? 
Well, it was a, it was a Daft Punk side project. Um, okay. Thomas from from Daft Punk, like he and another guy, I don't know what the other guy is from, but they <laughs> made a very rough cut of Call on Me, like, and they they sampled it. It was a little slower, and they only used it during DJ sets. Gotcha. But there was so much demand for them to release the single, but they didn't want to. So instead, Eric Pride says, you know what? I'm going to do this instead. And he asked permission. They said yes. They said go for it. And he did. Interesting. And, and yeah, he even got, um, uh, what's his name? Steve Winwood. There we go. <laughs> to actually um, record the vocals instead of just using the sample. Right, right. Yeah. Huh, interesting. And the yeah. rest, as they say, is history. Pretty much. Then he goes on to join Swedish House Mafia for like two minutes and then go back to doing his own thing. Finally releases an album in 2016 and it's fantastic. And now I guess, you know, kind of a steady stream of singles, including this one. And I really like what I hear. Uh, and then we're going to wrap things up here with Skrillex and Kilt Town Empyrean. Yeah. And this was actually a track that Skrillex whipped up last night, apparently. <laughs> just like walks into his home studio, sits down, and is just like, okay, let's just work on this now, and then just releases it on a whim. Well, some artists just do that. Like, you have like a good idea, you go with it. Maybe it doesn't sound like the album that you're working on. I was like, okay, we'll just release this as a single. That's fair. So and he's working on new music. It's kind of a more relaxed vibe from Skrillex on this one. Yeah, but he he has done this kind of stuff before. Yeah. Yeah, and I like this new direction. Like, you know, I, I love dubstep Skrillex. You know, that he, the Scary Monsters and Ice Sprite EP, that really, like, kind of opened up a bunch of doors for me once I learned to love it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's nice to see him going in different directions again. All right, so out of the entire list, what is probably going to be the hit makers out of it? It's a really tough call on this. Um... I really want to say Jamie Fine for CanCon. Like, there's there's some potential here. I think so on that one. Um, I would say then looking outside of CanCon, um, obviously Justin Bieber and Benny Blanco is probably going to... I don't know if it's going to be top five. It's going to maybe be top ten. I think as we're getting into the holiday season and with everything the world's gone through this year i don't think radio is gonna hop on that one as much as what he might think yeah probably um but positions on the other hand i think radio is gonna jump on that and it's gonna be like at least a top 10 hit oh yeah uh, and then well uh on the countryside i i if i was a betting man i'd say dirk Bentley is gonna be a number one yeah yeah i'll i'll, I'll take that action on there and for rock because I'm going to be starting up at a rock station pretty soon. There we go, yeah. I'm going to say either Bring Me the Horizon or Machine Gun and Halsey, because I, I think there's a lot of potential for that to be a rock hit. Uh, yeah, I would... Uh, I would even maybe throw Goldfinger in there. Yeah, maybe. Just, uh, But I don't know if it's going to... I don't know if it'll be a hit, but I think it'll at least get some play. I think I think the fans are at least going to really love it.
All right, back on Somewhat Planned Substance Podcast. Thanks to my pal, Tim Gavin of The Tim Gavin Show, joining us for that. Uh, we'll be back with more Still the Number One and the music meeting coming up very soon. I know he's getting settled out in Northern BC in Vanderhoof, where he is kickstarting a, a new job out there. So uh, we'll keep it posted as to when those will resume. I'm hoping very soon here that we can get going with that. So these are really, truly extraordinary times, and I don't mean to sound cliche when I say it that way, but it's true. There's a lot of people looking out for each other, but who would have thought that Burger King would be looking out for McDonald's? Uh, Burger King in the UK sent out a tweet encouraging customers to buy from the competition because they're trying to save jobs in the restaurant industry. The message starts off by saying, we never thought we'd be asking you to order from McDonald's, just like we never thought we'd be encouraging you to order from KFC, Subway, Domino's, Pizza Hut, Five Guys, the list goes on and on, or any other independent food outlets. Too numerous to mention here, in short, from any of our sister food chains, fast or not so fast. We never thought we'd be asking you to do this, but restaurants employing thousands of staff really need your support at the moment. So if you want to help, keep treating yourself to tasty meals through home delivery, takeaway, or drive through And they also said, well, getting a Whopper is always best. Ordering a Big Mac isn't such a bad thing. Has anyone checked to see if hell has actually frozen over? I mean, it's 2020. Anything is truly possible this year. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, it seems to be happening. That might not necessarily be the good thing to say to me going into this challenge. And I know it's not a part of my challenge, but at this point, like, I might as well just do better in terms of eating healthy anyway. <laughs> uh, so, my coworker Melissa and I here in Camrose, we decided to get going on our little challenge for November. Uh, we were going to do one in October, but I had started like on the 5th and stuff like that. I was trying to get settled, this, that, and the other thing. So I could make a million excuses as to why it didn't happen. But the long and short of it is, is that it didn't happen. So we're going to do a little bit of a challenge for November. And the challenge that we've set out and we chose what we were going to give up for this. For me, chips are totally a weakness. And especially like, oh, if you put down sour cream and onion chips in front of me, oh, oh, yeah, that's going to be almost hell for me, being that I won't be able to eat it for the next month. <laughs> uh, until November 27th, so her and I are going to do this challenge. I'm giving up chips for the time being, and she has kind of given up pretty much all the processed type food. You know, she wants to have more of the the freshly cooked home meals kind of thing because and like the processed food, she said that can even go down to like the chocolate and sweets that she has. Because she says that's kind of her weakness as well as that type of thing. So at first she was thinking, oh, well, maybe I'll just do chocolate. And then she decided to set the bar a little bit higher. So I, I'm thinking like, hey, if she did that, like, sure, I could say I'm giving up chips and that's part of the whole deal, but I could always just do better in terms of eating, right? Like I'm going back to the gym and stuff like that now. 
now that I'm settled in here as well. So I'm trying to get back into doing that every single day as well and to get a little bit more healthy in that terms. But still, like, I get this almost inkling to, like, go through the drive-thru as well after that. And I'm like, I have to tell myself, like, no, Scott, that's not going to do you any good, you idiot. Um, I will say, though, since I've been in cameras, I have already dropped 10 pounds so and that I, I was talking to somebody about it, and I'm like there's really no rhyme or reason for it because it's not like I really changed my eating habits all that much maybe I'm eating a few more meals at home um, maybe less fast food and more like actual prepared meals and stuff like that like if I order skip the dishes it is from an actual restaurant or something like that. I don't haven't really ordered fast food because otherwise I would just go and run through the drive-through anyway. Uh, it could also be the fact that I am not sitting at home bored <laughs> anymore for hours upon hours a day, which I think was a big part of it when I first gained the quarantine fifteen. And like, yeah, I did put on the fifteen pounds over the course of the last six months or so, um, and then I weighed myself just on the weekend here and I figured out that I was already down 10 pounds since I landed in Camrose. So pretty happy about that. Hopefully we can keep that momentum up. I know like the first 10 pounds are always the easiest. I've been through this time and time again. Hopefully this time I will be able to keep it off. <laughs> it's going to be so hard getting into Christmas season though. And I know somebody is probably rolling their eyes like, Oh my God, he's talking about Christmas already. Well, that was because the Queen said we could. Uh, I brought up a story on my show on Friday um, that last week a fan tweeted at Mariah Carey saying it's happening, referring to how her hit song All I Want for Christmas was starting to get a little bit more traction in Google Trends. People were looking it up as it gets closer and closer to December, starting to listen to it, trying to get into that festive spirit. And I can honestly see why, because 2020 has kind of been a, well, a nightmare. So Mariah responded, not yet, but on Sunday, I don't know what it was, a couple days later, she decided that it was finally time. And in an Instagram video, there's a scary masked man who goes searching for her. Then he finds her in a room dressed in holiday PJs with a Christmas tree and snow falling. So she says, it's time, as the song is playing in the background. And a caption followed saying, it's time, but let's get through Thanksgiving first. And I know we don't have... Um, Thanksgiving in November here in Canada. Um, we have Remembrance Day, of course, so you might want to wait until after that. There are a lot of proponents for that, and I totally understand. But apparently, we're good to break out the mistletoe, candy canes, the Christmas trees. She says we're good to go. Just for the love of everything sacred and holy, throw out the damn fruitcake you're planning on baking. <laughs> Oh, all right. Today's odd news segment. Uh, not really all that odd, but kind of cool in an odd way. If you thought you were impressing your kids with pumpkin carving, you've got nothing on this dad in New York. Now, his name is Tony, and his now 13-year-old daughter wanted a Pirates of the Caribbean-themed Halloween a few years ago. So he built her a small ship. This year, he decided to go all out. <laughs> he spent three grand and a week building a 50-foot-long, 20-foot-tall, massive ship that covers his front yard, complete with light-up cannons, fog machines, and fire blasters. So, 
He said he wanted to give his kids and the community something special during the pandemic. But also they were giving back. Everyone who came through for a tour was asked to bring a donation for the local food bank. Fantastic idea, especially, you know, getting closer and closer to Christmas. And being that this is in New York, Thanksgiving as well. There's usually this is the time of year where food banks need the help majorly. Uh, So his garage is currently full of canned goods. And I want somebody to please do this in Alberta next year. I'd attempt it, but I don't have the time or the patience or the skills or the space. All right. That is it for my time today on Somewhat Bland Substance Podcast. Thanks so much for listening in. Uh, We're going to wrap it up. We'll be back next week with another episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Anchor and wherever you get your favorite podcasts as well. And follow me on social media. Just look up Scott Mitchell on Facebook and then at Scott Mitchell FM pretty much everywhere else. You think of it, I'm probably on it. It's that simple. Have a great week. Enjoy the first week of November. And if you're here in Alberta, enjoy this warm weather we're getting once again. It's like it's summer part two. I might have to go find a patio. (laughs) Cheers. Have a good one.